Welcome to Inside a Boat, ladies and gentlemen. How y'all doing? I'm your host, Dave Jones, and we are in season nine of the Inside a Boat podcast. And it's crazy that we're even here. And I please, please just make sure that you hit the subscribe button. We are back. We got a lot of good stuff. Today, we're going to be talking about assumable loans. And I hope that you stick around to listen. Before I get into my guest today, um, I want to talk a little bit about the market and where we're at in the market. Um, <clears throat> the Fed just decided to pause rates. Uh, it is September 29th today. Or is it the 29th? No, I'm sorry. I'm ahead one week. It's the 22nd. I'm already there. I'm living in the future. Um, <laughs> I'm living in the future. No, but the Fed just decided in the September 20th meeting to pause the rates uh, in terms of the basis points. And so our our mortgage rates have remained here. And in November, they're going to have another meeting. And I'm looking at the CME Fed Watch tool, which is kind of predicts what they they feel the Fed is going to do. And it's sitting at about 72% right now. My guess and I we were talking before this, before we went on. Um, what will they do? I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. And honestly, what we're telling, what I tell people and what I'm doing is I'm not worried about things that I can't control. And I'm worried about more about things that I can control right now. So let's bring our guest in to talk about assumable loans. Um, this person is an agent of nine years, which I it just blew my mind. But then I thought about it. I was like, wait, we're in year six of a boat. So that makes sense. Um, and he has a baby, watch him get married. He'd been on the podcast before. Actually, fun fact, he was the first podcast we've ever created. And it was about earthquake Hell insurance. Hell yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it was about earthquake insurance. So, man, right. Ian Brody of the Brody of uh, the Brodies, thank you for coming on yeah. the show to talk, talk, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. The, the, the funny thing is, is like you, um, I remember when we, we actually, I was, this was last spring. I remember you called me up and you were uh -huh. really excited about this. And I was standing outside. It was on a Friday like this. And I was standing outside of Foss, I think. All right. Mind I'm not. Being <laughs> yeah, that's right. I don't know yeah. No, you were at Foss. Yeah, I was yeah. standing outside of and Foss. I, was just, I, was, I literally was <laughs> outside the in your office ear. and you were like, hey, I got this great idea. And I was like, yeah. ooh, that sounds dope. Like, yeah, let's do it. And so now we're finally recording the podcast about some months later. So I'm really happy that we're here. How you doing, man? Fantastic. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, uh, assumable loans. I mean, ever since we started seeing, you know, it was about a year ago that we hit Eclipse 7%. And, you know, it's taken us a long time to kind of figure out how this this whole thing works. Uh, but, you know, it's an exciting new thing. And I think it's a wonderful opportunity for buyers in, in today's market. It's, yeah. you know, I always tell my buyers, we, you know, that we're going to get into it. There's, there's a lot of uh, stars that need to align to make this work. But man, yeah. if you can make it work, it's a really great time to go after yep. assumable loans. Yeah, yep, for sure. I think that's a good preface too. Then we were talking about this is, um, you know, it might not work for everybody. And there yeah. are some sticky points. It's not going to work for most answer. people. I mean, yeah, honestly, and, it's going to, especially, it, yeah. Yeah, agree. And especially like, so like if you have a VA loan, for example, and you want to do an assumable, you give up that VA eligibility if you do, you know what I mean? There's just some mm -hmm. things that, that are sticking points too. Although this, there's ways around like, that. Okay. Well, maybe we can get it. Maybe we can get into that later. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, in terms of assumable loans, like talk to me about what you've learned so far in simple terms, what an assumable loan is and how does it differ from like a traditional mortgage, especially in the context of this market where we have these high interest rates? Yeah. So assumable loans in a nutshell. Okay. So let's say, you know, a, a general, when you want to go out and buy a home, 
the way we've always done it, you go out to a lender and you say, hey, I want to get a loan. Can I get pre-approved? They tell you what you can get approved for. And they're going to issue a new loan, a new mortgage for you to fund that deal so you can go purchase something. Okay. An assumable loan means that you're going to take over somebody else's existing mortgage. So that's really the, the difference here is that uh, it, you know for the last decade, because we've been in a market where rates have been dropping every year, there hasn't been an incentive to take over somebody else's mortgage. Um, but in a market where rates are increasing, this becomes a, an attractive option. So throughout, I mean, history, we've this has been a thing, but it's just, it's only interesting. It's only something worth the hassle when you're in a market where rates are going up. Um, and so what you're doing is you're taking over that existing mortgage and you're basically just continuing payments on it. It used to be quite a bit easier uh, in the past. And so this was really popular um, through at various times. Um, but now after the Dodd-Frank laws, I think those are what they were, but they made it so that now it's a lot harder. You can't just wrap a loan and most lenders put some stipulations around it. But where this becomes exciting is any government-backed loan, meaning FHA, VA, or USDA, mm-hmm. is mandated where they're required to, the lender needs to, uh, is required to allow the uh, assumability of that loan. And so mm-hmm. any one of these government-backed loans is an option where you can go in and you can take over. And the reason that this is exciting is because we all miss the 3% days, you know, mm-hmm. where we, we, you know, that was an exciting time. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people, I think it's something like 80% of all outstanding of all mortgages held in the United States right now are below mm-hmm. 40% or sorry, below 4% interest. Yep. And I think it's like 50% is below three and a half percent interest. So the vast majority of mortgages out there are going to be this attractive rate. And now you go shopping with a lender and, and they're going to tell you seven and a half percent. I mean, right now today it's like 7.6 or 625. Right. Um, which sucks. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the reality of the market right now, yeah, but it's it makes it a lot tougher. And so that's why you, we've seen activity has dropped so much. Um, but if you have the ability to assume and take over somebody's 3% interest rate and, and you know, have those lower payments of yesteryear, uh, you know, that's a exciting opportunity. And so every time I, I start talking about this with my clients, they say, oh, my gosh, let's do it. Mm-hmm. The reason, so now we talk about the downsides and the and the reason that this isn't going to work for everybody and you know why it's why it's tough. Um, so uh, first and foremost, we can't change the terms of the loan. Mm-hmm. Um, so we you know we've seen a lot of appreciation over the last few years, and if somebody bought their home for four hundred thousand and now it's worth five hundred thousand, there's a hundred thousand dollar delta there. Mm-hmm. And I want to start with this one because it's the biggest disqualifier here. Um, the you need to have a hundred thousand dollars to make up that difference. Um, that's a lot of money, and for you know for move up buyers, who are the main folks that have stepped out of the market at the moment are the move up buyers. Um, but for move up buyers, this is an opportunity because you can sell your home with that equity that you may have you know also seen go up a hundred thousand dollars, or you can borrow against it with a HELOC. You know, there's various ways that you can make this work, but. You do fundamentally, to really be realistic about this, you do need to have a lot, you need to think of this more as like your 20% down borrowers will Mm -hmm. be pursuing this, your 20% and up borrowers. So I lost half the crowd there, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) But that's that's gonna be a big part of this. 
that. There is another part to that, though. I think that if you're looking at someone who may not have that equity or maybe they need to move and they just bought last year and maybe that mm-hmm. equity doesn't exist, I think mm-hmm. it's more doable, you know, like or it's more feasible when you don't have that big delta that you speak of. And that's that's yeah. what, that's what I look at. And um, <clears throat> yeah, so like how can how can they provide an so you've i think you kind of talked about that the financial advantage to buyers that it provides which is taking over assuming a three percent well yeah whatever i mean you think about so i mean I, your mortgage payment at three percent is i mean depending on the size of the mortgage but it, around a thousand dollars less per month i mean it's we're talking about real money here it makes a big difference a thousand dollars less per month is a big deal it you know back in 21 22 2020 you know but it, Mm-hmm. Most of my buyers were comfortable taking on around a twenty-five to three thousand, thirty-five hundred purchase. You know, I mean, monthly obligation. That that mm-hmm. really seems like that's where the majority of people were kind of sitting. You know, your average folk. Um, and and now the goalpost has moved. It's closer to forty-five hundred a month is now what most people are paying, and that's why we've seen so much less activity. That's that's a that's a lot of money. That's a that lot. That gives of money. me hives, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Hearing that just makes me go, wow. And I'm sitting yeah. here like, can't wait to get rid of my my little mortgage uh-huh. that, that was more around the, where you're talking. But yeah, it's, I can't I wait know. to get rid it, of that. It's painful. And you know, this is why this year I've done, you know, we, I've done, we just, we've done a lot of duplexes. I mean, it's been, yeah. uh, it, people are looking for a way to, you know, this is another topic. You know, I love, I yeah. love talking about my duplexes, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> but it's been, you know, in this market, boy, oh boy, it has been exciting because we, <laughs> uh, you know, they, I just closed on one in Gig Harbor, a, you know, beautiful, well, one side of it's beautiful. The other side needs some TLC, but, you know, he bought it for uh, seven something, seven thirty, I think. And he, you know, his, he's going to rent out the other side for 2,400. And he's going to be living on his side for 2200 2300 yeah. You know, he's literally living for less than what he's going to be renting the other side for. Um, and then, you know, he's a cool guy and he's, you know, he's used to living on, on yachts yeah. and he's going to rent out the other rooms and lower his cost of living even further. The point is, you know, there's always solutions, We, you know, um, and in this market, that's a great solution. Mm-hmm. But living in a duplex isn't going to work for everyone. Another tool to stick in your tool belt is these assumable loans, and mm-hmm. you know, going after if you can find um, a property that you know. It, and so, the, so the the bringing down the hundred grand or whatever the difference is, there, there and there are other ways to work around that, and I and we can talk about it more in a moment. But uh, there's a few things that need to happen. So one, you need to have, you know, you need to be a borrower who has the means to make up that difference. The hundred thousand dollar difference in this hypothetical mm-hmm. situation. You also need to have a seller that is going to uh, be game for this, um, mm-hmm. because the process takes uh, anywhere between two and four months, and your tra- your mm-hmm. standard transaction is thirty days or less. I mean, I have one that yeah. is taking five days. We're going to close in the, you know by the end of this next week. We just got under contract yesterday, two days ago. Congratulations. Um, yeah, but I'm, you know, what I'm saying is, you know, it, speed is important in those negotiations. That's a, yeah. you know, that's that's a, it makes a big difference depending on the seller situation, especially if they've got a vacant home that they're paying a mortgage on that, you know, is burning a hole in their pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that's a factor, and so, uh, you know, and there's some risk too because this is a new thing that nobody's really done before, and people don't like to admit that they don't 
uh, know all the answers. You know, nobody in this market really is able to say confidently, I've done a thousand of these and I, you know, no problem. Like this is a X, Y, and Z. This is a new thing in our market. It's going to take some, you know, some reps to, you know, get, get that confidence. And, and I think that agents maybe, um, are, they're going to, uh, position themselves well by getting comfortable with this and, and learning about it as much as they can so that they're ready when this, when the opportunity uh, you know, when they have the opportunity to be on this and be an advocate for it instead of gearing their clients away. Because unfortunately, I have, I've experienced that a lot. I've been pursuing this and it's been difficult getting not only mm -hmm. the seller, but getting the, the listing agent to get as excited as I am about it. Because <laughs> um, it is work and it takes four months and yeah. that's a lot more work. Whereas if they have a, you know, a standard transaction that they've done a thousand times sitting on the table, you know, but that's going to take 30 mm -hmm. days to close and you have the confidence and you know that that's going to close and be no problems that's a compelling option and so the reason i'm yeah. saying this is frankly you need to have a motivated seller somebody who is have you know this is going to work great on those listings that have sat on the market for a little bit long you know and they they don't have any other competing yeah. offer they're going to have a little bit more of an ear to listen to your proposition you know and and you'll be yeah. able to have this conversation a little bit more this is why it's worth your time i'm willing to potentially pay more for this property if I can assume the mortgage because it's more value. you know, there is literal mm -hmm. value attached to that assumable mortgage. The house is worth mm -hmm. more money. This is like an asset, just like a fourth bedroom might be another asset or an attached garage. You know, this is an asset that you can sell with, you know, to increase the value of your, of your home by selling off this assumable mortgage. But it does take work. You need to have, you know, you need to, so you need to, so you need to be a buyer who can pursue this, meaning that you need yeah. to have cash potentially. You need to find a home that you like that just so happens to also have a seller who has a government backed loan yeah. and who's willing to go through this process with you. Spend four months or however long it takes to you know. From what I understand, Wells Fargo has really jumped on this, and you know anybody who oh, has really? a yeah, apparently they they've really funded this department, and they're they're really wanting to lean into it, and so they're able to get through these loan assumptions in sixty days or less. From what I understand, they're a wonderful company wow. to work with in this regard. Yeah, whereas other companies have not funded this department, and they are not leaning into it, and so you're you're needing to twist some arms, and that's why it's taking ninety to one hundred and twenty days in some of those cases. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, yeah. you have, you're the perfect buyer, you find the perfect seller who just so happens to own the house with the government loan that you want. If yeah. all of those things come together and if the stars align, wonderful dreams come true. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you're, no, I'm glad you're walking us through all of that. I'm glad you're walking us through that because I think that it's important for people to hear it the pros and the cons because there are some you know like you said it's a, it's a special situation so as a and I, I i'm glad you brought up the sellers too because from a seller's perspective what is the what are the advantage of offer what are the advantages yeah. of offering an assumable loan and how how does that influence their ability to sell the property you just said it takes like four months mm -hmm. um however you know we are in a market where things are sitting a little bit longer people are getting a little antsy about that but i'm like you know this is kind of normal actually i mean things should just be selling in two days you know or yeah. a weekend you know like that's just not normal so this is more normal it feels normal like mm -hmm. it feels like at that 30-day mark you're starting to see stuff get more i don't know this has been weird um mm -hmm. this market not yeah weird. no it's it's a good so thing what are the advantages from a seller's perspective like why should they offer an assumable option 
So the way I view it is it's literally an asset. It is that 3% mortgage is an asset that you can sell with your property. And it's only just like a, um, trying to think of a, a, of a unique asset, but you know, there are like a detached shop, for example, you know, having a shop on your property, you've got two car attached garage and then you build a, a shop on your property. That is an asset that is very valuable to a percentage of the market. It's not going to be valuable to everybody, but it's going to be very valuable to the folks that have boats or they have a bunch of cars or they want a wood shop to work in, whatever. You know, um, that is something that is not going to appeal to everyone, but it's going to appeal to a portion of the population. Um, This assumable mortgage, I mean, theoretically, anybody would want it, but because only some people are going to be able to pursue it, it's like that, where it is going to increase, I believe it is something that you can advertise as something that increases the value of your property, like a solar panel will increase the value of your property. Um, it will, but it's, you have to market it well, and you have to, mm-hmm. you know, position yourself for it. And, you know, if you, you can do some legwork up front to try to speed up that process with your mortgage servicer, so that you can really mm-hmm. market this as an asset to your potential buyers, and you may end up selling to somebody that is not able or interested in pursuing your um, assumable mortgage. But, um, but if you find a buyer who is willing, yeah. and your seller is willing, and you know, you could sell your home for more money because of this. And so mm-hmm. that's really where the value is. Um, it's also if nothing else, it's something that I see a lot of agents and it, you know, when I talk about the agents that are not willing to cooperate, this is some of what I'm seeing, but a lot of agents are marketing the assumable mm-hmm. mortgage without really much of the intention to actually go through that process, but just because <laughs> it gets people calling. They're like, hold up, I can get a 3% mortgage on this? No kidding. I mean, that's, yeah. that's you know, that's exciting. That creates buzz and that's going to get people going through your door. If nothing else, you know, I mean, that's yeah. valuable. I have, so. I have heard some things about, you know, folks potentially, like I'm glad you brought that up. So, because I want to talk about the VA part because we did say we'd come back mm-hmm. to that. And, because there is a component, like let's say you might have an agent who's doing that and they don't understand or don't understand or don't know that like their client is going, their seller, let's say it's the seller who has a VA loan or, or bought that horse house and it was a VA loan because it is a government back loan. And mm-hmm. they assumed, and they was assumable, they lose that VA eligibility if they al- allow someone else to assume that loan. You know, and so like you said, there's a way around that, but like, yeah before we even get to that part like there's people not even telling people that that's going to happen or is a mm-hmm. possibility if they don't have this other workaround or if there's not a partner let's say that has that's also military and has access to a va loan and they potentially can move on and just use that person's va loan but mm-hmm. like that's not even being discussed it sounds like in some cases and so what do you say to that yeah so the va entitlement is Okay, so there's a couple things here. Um, there's a lot of VA out there, especially here in Washington. We, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm in Gig Harbor. We've got bases all around us. JBLM, Banger, PSNS. You know, we're, we've got all these bases around us. So we've got a lot of military personnel here. And and we've got a lot of VA. And um, and a lot of people own VA, you know, these, these VA properties. Especially, you know, military turns over a lot. So a lot of people who have bought over the last couple of years have these VA mortgages. And unfortunately... Agents like me 
bunch of knuckleheads didn't plan <laughs> for the assumable mortgage future. And so I was really encouraging and, I, and I, you know, a lot of other agents were really encouraging for our clients to not purchase with FHA or, you know, to, that it's worth springing for the extra five, you know, the, instead of putting three and a half percent down, if you can put 5% down, then, you know, you're going to, because of the PMI, they changed the FHA rules back in 2016 or 2017 or something where PMI no longer falls off when you hit 20% equity. And because we were in a market where values were appreciating and we also didn't think that we were going to see 3% forever, we mm. encourage our buyers to um, purchase with a conventional loan if you can, because when your home value appreciates to 20%, PMI will drop and you'll save a couple hundred dollars every month. And you won't need a and, refinance and, to make that happen. And tell people who are who are, who may not understand what PMI is. What is PMI? What are you talking about? When you uh, say PMI, primary mortgage insurance. Um, so it's uh, it's an extra um, three quarters of a percent. Uh, basically, you can the easiest way to think of it is it's three quarters of a percent uh, interest rate bump. So you're yeah. if you if you have a three percent mortgage, but it's FHA, then you really have a three point seven, blah 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 interest yeah. rate. Yeah. Um, that's basically, that's the easiest way to think of it. Um, and it, so whenever you buy a property with less than 20% down, then you're going to have PMI no matter what, uh, yeah. well, not, no I mean, but with conventional and FHA, with um, yeah. uh, you'll have 20%, uh, or, but once you hit that 20%, um, with conventional, it falls off and it used to be that way with FHA, but they changed it. So now with FHA, it stays on forever unless you put like 10% oh. down or something like that. There's things that oh, happen. Really? It stays on forever. It never comes off anymore. And so, um, you know, and that's not a big deal. Uh, you know, like I, it, I, I talked to buyers about the assumable mortgage. I had a listing that had an assumable FHA loan on it. And mm. I would pitch it to potential buyers and they're like, I'm never going to, I don't want to have PMI. Because this FHA loan had PMI on it and it wasn't going to come okay. off. They're like, I don't want to have PMI. And I'm like, okay, don't think of it as having PMI. Think of it as a three point, instead of a 3% interest rate, it's a 3.7% right, interest rate. Right. And now compare that to your 7% interest rate. Which one would you prefer? <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, <laughs> that's talk brass tax here. Um, yeah. And so, uh, anyway, so I'm, uh, I'm, kind of going on. all i'm saying is that there's unfortunately there's not that much fha because then the folks who did have fha you know lenders were pursuing them hey you want to refinance and take that pmi off save a couple hundred dollars a month you know that was easy right. business for them and so a lot of the fha had there's just not that much fha out there but there is still a lot of va because va doesn't have the 20 percent pmi requirement and so there wasn't an incentive to refinance out of va and so the reason that we're talking a lot about VA today is because that's really what the majority of assumable mortgages are going to be out there. USDA, frankly, just doesn't really exist in our market. Um, Gig Harbor, you know, uh, anywhere on the Key Peninsula is considered rural. And so we, yeah. you know, you have the ability technically, but uh, there's, there's a longer conversation, but it, there's an income cap that makes it so you, you either qualify for USDA, but you don't qualify to buy a house or you qualify to buy a house, but you don't qualified okay. for USDA. So there just wasn't a whole lot of USDA. Um, so that means VA is the really the only option. Now, military personnel are on fire about this assumable mortgage world, because for them, this is the easiest thing in the world and a no brainer. For VA, um, if you find a home that is uh, owned by VA personnel, 
who bought mm-hmm. their home with a VA. And, you know, okay. most of the time VA people are buying houses around the base, which also happens to be where the other VA loans are. So yep. a lot of the homes that they're looking at have this VA um, mortgage on it. And it's, you know, if they bought in 2020, 21 or 22, then they likely have a very competitive interest rate. Yeah. And what they would do in that case is um, transfer entitlement. And so everyone in the military has a certain amount of entitlement and uh, the entitlement is um, is military side only. It's not really for the lender. It's just like the VA keeps track of your entitlement. And okay. so if you're buying a $500,000 house with a $400,000 you know, VA loan on it, then your VA buyer can come in, qualify for that loan, and then transfer that VA entitlement from the seller to the buyer's entitlement. And now this seller is free to go use their VA loan again later on down the road. They have not sacrificed anything here. Um, so that's a really attractive proposition. Now, what you were referring to was an alternative path, which I think sellers are going to be a lot more resistant to. But most people think of this um, VA assumption as only working for military personnel, but there actually is the ability to sell your assumable loan to a non-military person and oh. give them your entitlement effectively. Yeah. And so now the, you know, this buyer is going to keep your uh, VA loan and you're going to have you know, your VA entitlement will be wrapped up in that mortgage. Yeah. And this is a longer conversation where we may talk you know, at some point with a lender about the fact that you actually, it doesn't mean that they can never use the VA loan. And again, it just hampers their ability to use the VA loan. Um, but for this, the value of this conversation is really just, they can give their entitlement to somebody else. So your average yeah. Joe Schmo, you and I, non-military personnel can go yeah. and take over somebody's VA, 3% interest rate VA loan. And that's actually what, it, um, as soon as we get off the phone here, I'm writing an mm-hmm. offer on a property that is exactly these parameters. Yeah. It's 500000 <laughs> yeah. with a $400,000 VA loan on it. They owe 404 on it. They bought it in 2020. They owe 3.5%. And we're offering uh, with my non-military personnel to assume their mortgage. I've already pre-negotiated that with the seller. So I know mm-hmm. that they're willing to do that. Um, yep. And we're going to go through this process. And we're going to see, you know, they've, they've said that they're well, willing yeah yeah let's get it we're gonna we're gonna have to have a part two to this and get up yeah that's right went, yeah it, yeah really. it's gonna take a few months you know it's gonna be a, it's, <laughs> it's gonna be a process <laughs> we're gonna get through it and we've got a lot of things that we need to work through we've got you know my seller 2024 it will be 2024 100 will be in 2024 because i mean we've got a lot of things that you know my my client is vacating a property they don't want to sell their property so they're going to keep it because they have a three percent on that one too and they don't want to sell yeah, that yeah. so they're yeah. keeping that they're going to be renting that out and you know anyway there's this part of a longer conversation but um yeah. there's there's a lot of things that we need to work through but this is why you yeah. need a motivated seller who's willing to go through you know these hoops in order to sell their home and they're mm-hmm. you know for us we would not be willing to pay 500 for this place necessarily if, uh, you know, it's been sitting there and you know, the market, but if we can assume that mortgage, then we happily pay that because the the mortgage payment is going to be 1800 on this. And you know, that's, that's a lot less, you know, whereas it would cost 3000 a month if you were to, you know, go all in with today's rates. Yeah. There's one part that they also, that 
people need to know and listening. And if you're a buyer or a seller or someone that's just in the market and trying to learn about some things, there's a third part that we haven't talked about that you need and that's a knowledgeable realtor. So (laughs) if (laughs) you've been listening to Ian talk, like he clearly has, has, if he doesn't know something, he's going to go look it up and research the heck out of it. If you don't know, if you know, Ian, you know this. Um, And you just need to have someone that's, that has your back and also understands what's going on. Because I feel like whenever there is something new or we do have a shift, because I, I have a feeling that these are going to be around for a little bit, um, just as an option, just because I don't, as we were talking before, I don't believe the rates won't be, you know, five or four anytime soon. Like you might get a six and a half next year. You might, I mean, we don't, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know. But I'm just saying I'm not expecting things to just go dipping down as quickly as they went up. That's not going to happen, you know, so like it's going to be a step down. So like, let's say when we're at 6.5, well, those 3.5 still look way better than a 6.5 or a 6. You know, you still got a lot of people, like you said, uh, what is it, 48 percent or something under 40 percent or under uh, 40 percent, 80 percent, 80 percent under 4 percent. There you go. Yeah, 80% um, of all outstanding mortgages are under 4%. And so that's so, the lion's share of the market. Yeah. There you go. I mean, I think that there's um, there's data out there that suggests that this will some way, shape, or form of doing an assumable still will be an option. It's no different yeah. than like how 2280s, remember those? I mean, like, yeah. you haven't seen 2280s mm-hmm. since that, that, that came uh-huh. out, you know, like it was there you just needed it for that moment and that's what it was a requirement very important yeah. to have a real a knowledgeable realtor who is up on the new trends and how we get these things done so that's my yeah. long sponsored uh, ad for brody <laughs> the brodies <laughs> at those days. And Bode. yeah well and i mean the uh you know going looking to the future you know you kind of started alluding to that a little bit and and i do think I think that these are going to become more valuable. We talked about, you know, the benefit to the seller is that these are a valuable asset. Right now, buyers aren't really looking for these. And as I get these conversations, as I have them more and more with people who are looking for value, the, you know, majority of my clients, I have the conversation like that. I try to encourage my clients to go for value, look for value. Yeah. When I give you the keys, I want to say you made money today. And yeah. so, you know, I have a lot of these value add buyers that um, that are looking and, uh, you know, I have a small section of them that's just kind of there. This one that we're writing the offer on was just when you find me a property that I can assume, give me a call because I'm going to jump in on that. And they're kind of just, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're active, they're pre-approved, they're ready to go, but they're going to, they, w- they don't want to be picky on the house. They want to be picky on the ability to assume a mortgage because there's value yeah. there. Um, especially if you're bullish on, on rent rates, which yeah. I am. Um, and so, you know, the, uh, so anyway, I, but I do think that these are going to become, because so many people have these mortgages, um, these are, once people are more comfortable, they're so new right now that nobody's talking about them, but mm-hmm. when people become comfortable with it, they're going to become more valuable because more people will be looking for them. And then you're going to be able to negotiate this a little more effectively. It'll loosen up a segment of the buyer, of the, of the buyer pool that currently sitting on the sidelines you know, these buyers that I'm talking about, as we, mm-hmm. I have these conversations with them, these mm-hmm. are people that would not have bought previously who have now decided that they're going to buy because of this opportunity. So as this knowledge goes out there, I think it's going to free up these potential buyers who are interested in pursuing these mortgages. And, you know, when you have more buyers, you have more value. So I think that there is a situation where these are going to become more valuable. The other thing is lenders, 
let's all pour one out for our lenders because boy, <laughs> they're having a hard time. You know, I mean, they, they there's, it's been a busy decade because people have been refinancing every single year mm-hmm. as the rate drops every year. So it's easy yeah. to call up, hey, Joe, you want to refinance again? Great. I'll send over the paperwork. Yeah. That has completely, that was something like 80% of all uh, of their business was, you know, I'm making up a number there, but a lot of their business was this refinance market. And that's disappeared overnight. So lenders are in a tough spot. And so lenders are getting creative and they're coming up with solutions. And one thing that I may be out there, but I haven't found it yet, um, is tackling this market. Um, Lenders, you know, golly, they're not going to like this message because lenders are not involved in this process. You know, you don't, your your mortgage Mm -hmm. broker is not going to be involved in this process. Uh, I do encourage my clients to get pre-approved with a lender because that helps with the conversation but i try to be frank with my lender that hey we're going to try this it's probably not going to work but i want you to be aware of it because you're putting time and energy and i value you um but we're using this pre-approval as a as validation for the seller that's another Mm -hmm. conversation but if you know for example if this uh, offer gets approved then uh, you know, George Lane, my my go-to guy, rock star, is unfortunately mm-hmm. not going to be involved in this process. Um, we're going to be yeah. working with the mortgage servicer to take them through uh, this this uh, approval process. And, yes. you know, so anyway, mortgage brokers don't get involved in this. Um, but a way that they could get involved in this and tackle this market and, and provide value um, is by uh, providing secondary financing which assumable loans don't necessarily um, say that you cannot do. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's difficult to do it because you need a lender to be in second position, which most of them don't want to be in. Um, And it's just, I've seen people do it. There's a, there's a, there's a property in Gig Harbor that was advertising assumable mortgages that was advertising this ability to get secondary financing. And it's been on my to-do list to call them because they're under contract now. And I'm okay. wondering if they were able yeah. to do that, but I I'm, I want to get some information about that. It was it was a movement mortgage um, lender that was providing a HELOC on the purchase, which would now make it so that you don't need to have the extra hundred grand in your pocket. This that's would open it up to a much bigger buyer pool. And um, that's because why if think... you, yeah, go ahead. Well, if you because if you're able to get this on the purchase, because let's back up for a moment. Let's say. So my buyer, for example, who we're getting ready to purchase on, he owns another property. And over the last few days, I had him go out and call his bank and get a HELOC. So he's he's getting a HELOC against his primary home. He bought it in 2020. It's gone up in value substantially. And he's gonna he's getting a HELOC. He got approved for 130 grand, but he and he needs uh, to bring 80 or 90 grand to this purchase. So he has you know the means now to pull that money out, and he's of course he's going to be paying a higher interest rate on that you know eighty ninety grand whatever, but it's worth mm-hmm. it. The delta means that he is coming out ahead on this purchase. Um, so he is he's taking that money. That's effectively a down payment on this new property, and you know, and then we close on it, and he's using this cash because now he has access to the cash from the HELOC. Um, so that's his game plan, and that works great. Um, so anybody who has, you know, rental property or, um, you know, or a primary home that they plan to keep or whatever, that's an option for them. But then you, once you've closed on the property, you freed up, you now have the ability to get a secondary mortgage on that, your new primary. So now you move in because the other thing I forgot to mention, this doesn't work for investors. It only works for owner occupants because VA, FHA, USDA, 
all of these government-backed loans need to be owner-occupied. So you need yeah. to be, have the, this doesn't work for my, you know, landlords, but right. the, um, you move into this property. Now you can go and get a key lock, you know, 90% or some, in some cases, 95% loan to value. You can effectively get that money back out to give back, you know, to your first key lock or whatever, you know, in that case, that's paying Paul to rob Peter or whatever. Right. Um, but you know, what something that I was having a conversation with another buyer about was talking with their parents you know, to provide gift funds, you know, pulling a HELOC mm -hmm. on their existing property. Yeah. Um, and then once they close and this, you know, that this buyer, I don't know if it's going to happen, but you know, it's a theoretical situation where they could provide the gift funds. And then after you close on it, you could re you know, do this HELOC to pay them back. Um, so if you don't have mm -hmm. the cash in your pocket, there are workarounds. Now that's not going to be something that works for everyone. There's going to be comfort levels there that right. is going to work yeah. for everyone. That's, you know, there's a lot to unpack there, but, um, there are solutions. I guess the answer is that there's solutions to the problem. If there's something that you're interested in, then I encourage you to explore it and see if there's a you know some problem solving because this is just you know I love creative financing. This is a great creative financing solution out there. Another yeah. tool for the belt. Yeah, for sure. No, you're definitely the king of creative solutions, and that's why I think that <laughs> you moving in this market has been fun to watch because you you always find a way. And so I think that I appreciate you for that. And I, I don't think this will be the last conversation. I don't think you know there might be someone. If you are someone who's listening and you have more questions, don't worry. We we understand. Like I know I don't know enough about this, um, but I do believe that providing our clients with every option available is what we're here to do. And so <clears throat> I like to provide that information. Um, so we do have to wrap up here, but before we wrap up, yep. I have one more segment and it's called Hot Take. You've done Hot Take before, but we're gonna do it again anyway. Yep. So are you ready for Hot Take? Let's do it again. Yeah. All right, so round two, baby. either round or three, answers. Four. Yeah, round two. All right, pancakes yeah. or waffles? <laughs> waffles, for sure. Really? Okay, okay. Waffles, yeah, guys. waffles. Okay. I mean, okay. okay, first of all, my wife loves pancakes. And I'm gonna be honest. I'm a pancake I'm a lover myself. Yeah, yeah. You're not a big fan of either. I'm not a big fan of either. I'm gonna be entirely honest. I know. <laughs> I okay, here's my thing. I love sweets in the evening, but in the morning, I'm just I'm an all savory kind of guy. It's just not that's, my you know. I, in fair. the morning, I just don't crave it. Like I my, I drink black coffee. I it just it's not appealing to me in in the morning. Now I will say there's a, a wonderful. Um, uh, restaurant called Waffle Stop in Proctor. They've got the yeah. hot Nashville chicken waffle, and boy, that is a treat. <laughs> yeah. And so we will go and get that every now and then. And you know, my uh, wife will get the blueberry lemon one. Uh, that mm -hmm. is very sweet, and, and she loves it. But yeah, I mean, it's just in general, I'm just not. You know, it doesn't speak too much for me. I'm a big breakfast burrito kind of guy. So okay, uh, okay. Uh, that, shout good. out to Brewers Row who we believe has <laughs> the best breakfast burrito they in Western Washington. Burrito. Oh my guys, it is delectable. So we they will, do. you know, we live in Gay Car, but we'll make the trek for that often because it's worth it. All there in the 26th, I think, is where it is. Yeah, yeah. Go, go, hey, go try them out. Shout out to Bruce <laughs> Row. All right, mountains yeah. or beaches for a vacation? I, I, okay, so uh, say as I do and not as I say, whatever. But, you know, I mountains. For sure. For me personally, mountains. I love I love my mountains, especially snowboarding. Winter season, skiing and snowboarding. But then in the summertime, going and exploring and finding a lake, 
I love the mountains. Now, that being said, almost all of our trips are to the beach. I, I know, I was <laughs> going to say, they ain't no, yeah, yeah. You, you got to live with that answer. <laughs> Jess going to hear yeah. this, be like, oh, Yeah, well, and that's okay. the thing, yeah, because, you know, <laughs> Jess loves the beach, and so, you know, that's what we yeah. do, we go to the beach. Uh, but personally, I live for the mountains. Every time I go, I just had a listing up in Packwood, and every time I go to Packwood, they don't have sign companies out there, so when I go, you know, I have to put my own sign in the ground. Uh-huh. Um, but... Every time I go out there, uh, I, I'm driving home like, babe, we need to get something up here. It just, it, it speaks to me. I love, I love the mountain. I love Packwood. I love White Pass, uh, but I love just, you know, getting away to the mountains. There's so much fun to do out there. Yep. All right. Next one. <laughs> Coffee or tea? I think I have, I know the answer Coffee. to this one. Tea. Yeah. That's easy. It's yeah. easy. Books, yeah. books or movies? Uh, Books. I mean, I'm a podcast guy, and I think of Audible as kind of the same thing. Um, you know, I, I I used to read actual physical books all the time, but really, it, you know, I've, I've switched. I've gone all in on Audible and podcasts. Okay. I think of them as the same thing, basically. In four seven, I have my headphones in every time I hop in the car. I'm listening to it, and especially now that we have a kid, I I mean, I don't think we haven't watched anything in a year. Basically, uh, the TV's never on. Yeah, nah, yeah. I only watch live sports for the most part, and YouTube. YouTube, I watch a lot of YouTube. Um, all right, last one, and it's interesting to ask this one depending on what season it is: summer or winter. Oh man, summer, summer. I, I right. love winter. I love. I, I, there's a lot of stuff that I love about winter. I love, you know, skiing and snowboarding. I talked about, and um, you know, it's nice to cozy up. Like right now, end of summer, I'm kind of looking forward to uh, to sweater weather a little bit, but. Um, summertime, especially summertime in Washington, my God, it just cannot be beat. We the sun comes up at 5 a.m. It doesn't go down until 9 p.m. And it yep. just it's beautiful outside. Washington has perfect weather. I will fight that to anybody. You know, you mm-hmm. don't tell me Florida you, with all your humidity. <laughs> no, Washington's the best by far. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I hope no Florida folks see that. Florida folks, we love y'all. I have two buyers that just moved here from Florida, and so I've been talking a lot of shit about. (laughs) There's a there's a bit of a mass exodus going on over there. I mean, like I was talking, I was literally these these buyers. We just got on a contract yesterday, moving here, and uh, they were talking about their insurance down there. I mean, put everything else aside. It is insane. They're paying fifteen thousand dollars a year for their homeowner's insurance. $15,000 a year. That is pretty yeah. cool. Well, I mean, for Insane. good reason. I mean, you have Yeah, well, they can't get insurance down there anymore. You know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and ever, they're, they're all pulling out because, yeah, I mean, it's like, obviously, Florida's not going to be there forever. And it's, you know, and they're just getting wrecked every year. Yeah. And then power and what, like, they were paying like $600 a month for utilities. Washington, yeah. we have the cheapest power in the nation. And we and we don't have you know we have water coming out of the ground everywhere like ugh, it's man, a good place I to be anything, just, especially the best place to be especially See this where mountain behind me this was yeah. this was painted by my a photo by one of my clients who gave it to me I love that thing but that's my, I mean it's just such a beautiful place every time we're flying in looking at our beautiful state it's, I love it I do love it here and and yeah. we uh, we're very fortunate to have what we have around here especially if you like the outdoors but all right we got I got to get running to my next yeah to the I have a one more minute left, so give them your, uh, how do they get in touch with you if they want to get hear more about assumable loans or just all call. things Brody Homes? 
All right. Yeah, give Phone. me a call. I love to chat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you can, I All mean, right. search for Ian Brody on, on uh, any social media or the website or wherever, and you'll find me. Give me All a right. call. I love to chat. Yep, and we'll link it down below. So just make sure you hit that up, and we will have another episode next week. We are in season nine, so thank you for showing up. Thank you, Mr. Brody, for being on the call, and thank you for all your knowledge. My we, pleasure. This won't be the last conversation about assumable loans. As you can see, there's tons well to not. talk about here. And uh, we'll see you all next time. With that, peace. Peace.